Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Lads, hockey is on, hockey is fun, lots of news gather around. We are here, midweek episode. It's kind of silly that we didn't imagine things were going to get crazy because, uh, oh boy, is there a lot to talk about today. Lots of rumblings. rumblings. Lots of news. Yeah. Mm. Good rumblings. End. News. Buyouts. 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 Trades. Buyouts. Big trades. Well, there, I, don't, I don't think there's been a trade. Well, well, there's the one we wanted to start the show No, we with. didn't want to start with this random. Dylan Wells for yes. future considerations? No, yes. No. Going from the Oilers, <laughs> Dylan Wells, to the Hurricanes for future considerations. Oh, that was a great no. conversation. How do you guys want to – what do you guys think about this one? Just, I don't care. They have their uh, goalie for the future. Yes. That's Stuart Skinny. Or Frederick Anderson. No. No. Uh, okay, I looked up, I tried to open up the article you guys said. It's not even an article, it's just trade trackers. Yeah. Well probably because even the guys putting or when or the people putting that together know that it's just not something to talk about. We had more information on the signing of Gianni Fairbrother. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about the Oilers doing this. I'm not okay. sure. there are enough. A handful of more interesting stories than than future consideration for Mr. Wells. Exactly. Even though that name is kind of familiar, and I, I'm not going to look up why it is, but Orson Wells. I don't know who that is. It's the director that did Citizen Kane. Oh, I've never seen Citizen Kane. Huh? You should stop being surprised when I tell you I haven't seen a blockbuster movie. It took me until a few weeks ago to watch Silence of the Lambs for the first time. Did you like it? I loved it. Really, yeah, really, really. Well, as a kid, I'm like, what did I? Why did I do this? Even today, at 21 years of age, I watched that and I was creeped out. Absolutely, like the scene when Doctor Lecter disguises himself as the uh, the police officer. Like the moment it cuts away and it's like it's that guy. I was like, no, it's not. Did that happen in the office where Dwight does it? I couldn't. With the uh, with the uh, CPR training, the, the the dummy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He cuts the face <laughs> off, or he cuts the face off. Yeah, yeah. Great movie. I was going to watch Red Dragon, but I'm like, ah, I'm going to go back and watch the, the, I've started rewatching the Hannibal series. It was, it, it's on Netflix anymore, which sucks, but uh, that's really, really, really good. Kind of like the amount of news that we've been getting has been good. Aren't you excited that we have all this news? Didn't you say if we didn't have news, you'd be so disappointed? Yeah. I just, I was kind of not hoping that one of those news would possibly be me, you know, be career ending for that's shape. fair that's fair that's fair which, which will we just to give people a certain tease of what we're going to be talking about today it might be every time i say we have a super long show we have to get through it pretty quick but uh today we're talking about shea weber the habs made some extensions on some coaches uh some news about some leafs free agents or pending free agents uh gabriel landis the islanders are looking at trading nick letty uh pecorine which 
we got to talk about because of all the great career he had. The Bruins made a signing. Eric Johnson and Jeff Skinner and some other no-move clause newses. Uh, other signings and buyouts from Florida, Keith Yandel, that kind of stuff. And we're going to open the show talking about probably the biggest piece of news of the week. And that is that the saga, the era of Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter is done in Minnesota. On the 13th, they were both bought out of their contracts. They're mega deals. I believe they still had like four years left. Four years, left. yeah. The contract that made that that Steve Dangle cites is the reason he had to work for the KHL. <laughs> uh, we'll look at the exact details in a second. I'll get calf friendly up. I'll screen share it, and we'll get into the exact specifics of the money that will be uh, awarded to Minnesota. Sass the penalties that will come later on uh, during the time of this, this buyout penalty and, and such. First off, I want to get what were your guys' reaction because it was is very much for me. It was just holy crap. This has actually happened. It, we, we don't see a lot of buyouts normally. This year, obviously, there's been some circumstances to point at it, but not even just Parise, but Suter as well. Legit, a bomb being dropped in the hockey world. Uh, for me, it was quite surprising, it, especially I think what the most surprising part of all of it, and you said it already, was it was both of them. It wasn't just Suter. It wasn't just Parise. Like, you know, we saw Parise... And Daniels talked about it. He was scratched multiple times and through the playoffs as well. And it's like, okay, I could see that. But for Ryan Suter was the, I think for me was extremely surprising considering it seemed like he was an important piece of their defensive core. And, you know, it's not cheap to do both those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, So to see both of them bought out is extremely surprising. Damn. Yeah. Um, we, I think we all expected Zach Parise to get bought out that, you know, the writing was on the wall already that there were two instances already within the last two trade deadlines where he tried to get moved always with diminishing returns in terms of like what is, what you perceive his value as. And with Ryan Suter, that was the one that was, that I think that was the bombshell for me because mm-hmm. this guy was still playing top four minutes and he was still fairly consistent at 36. Like he wasn't, Norris candidate Ryan Suter from 2015, but he was still adding a lot more value to the team. But when I talked about like, yeah, they're they're moving in the right direction in terms of like the youth movement, and Bill Guerin is is you know he's relentless in what he wants with his blueprint. I didn't think it was going to be both of them at the same time. And I remember um Dmitry Filipovich made a joke about it where it's like they signed together meaning they had to be bought out together. Every move that they've made in their career since 2012, they've had to do it together. And mm-hmm. I guess like looking back on, for me, what was disappointing was I really like, you know, the like the Brodeur fan in me, I wanted the Devils to win in 2012. And then to see Parise kind of just leave them as they were and then sign that whole big deal thing with Ryan Suter I think it was believed on July 4th, 2012, that that was something that like we have to build a contender. And then it's just ironic now that we we look, we we were we fast forward to what nine years, and they're the re- they're like they're the Im- they're the impediments towards making a team better. Yeah. Uh, it's not also another example of those illegal contracts that just at the end of them have just been total anchors and, and and are going to cost their team. You know, you think right off the bat, well, Longo is, is kicking Vancouver in the butt right now. 
Uh, well, Duncan Keith has that possibility. Probably not. You know, that's still not, not as, as terrible. Shea Weber, depending on what happens with him in Nashville, could be completely boned. The CBA kind of ratified and fixed some of that stuff. But, you know, it, it's good that if, if Parise and Suter had retired, it could have been a lot worse. So I'm going to just quickly read a snippet from a Michael Russo article. Uh, what just what a great reporter. Like I was, we say this like every show, it feels like <laughs> Michael Russo is just the best. <laughs> like how quickly he got this article together too, about like right. so this happened, like this and this. And we talk about our shock, by the way, of Ryan Suter. He was apparently very much blindsided. And Russo talks in another article, by the way, about how uh, it, the way it went down was he tried to call Bill Guerin, tried to call Ryan Suter. Suter did not pick up the phone and went to voicemail. Uh, Suter had just been called by Parise afterwards because after Parise, sorry, then after Suter did not pick up, Guerin calls Parise, says you're being bought out. Apparently the conversation uh, was, was understanding it was a good call. And then Parise calls Suter. Suter's like, that's unfortunate. You know, they're good friends. It's weird. I have a missed call from Bill Guerin. And then he gets the second call from Garen, picks up, and apparently it did not go very well to the point where Ryan Suter hung up on Bill Garen. So this is the snippet I'm going to also say from Michael Russo's article. That stuff I just said, by the way, is, is paraphrasing. Let me make that very clear. Um, my words are not as good as Michael Russo's. I'm going to even try. Um, so from his, from his article, while buying out Parise and Suter, quote, both players will become free agents on July 28th. The Wild will pay each $6.7 million over the next eight years and be charged with a 2.3, 6.3, 7.3, and 7.3 million cap hit in the next four years, respectively, for each. Then 800,000 cap hits in the next four years afterwards. There's a few like 33,000. I don't want to, I'm just doing like the broad number here. So, right. what that means basically, guys, is so their cap hits are normally around, I think it's $7.5 million. Yeah. So, next season, instead, the combination of them will be about $4.6 million, a good bit of savings, uh, not as much, but around, uh, I think it's about 2.5 for the second year. But then again, starting the 2023 season and the 2024-2025 season, they will have about $14 million in dead cap. So immediate relief for the next few years. And then afterwards, it is a ridiculous amount. You, you won't be able to compete with that sort of um, just pit of nothing. You can't do anything. The reason it, it's called, for those of you who don't know, dead cap, it is basically this amount of money you cannot spend. So they will be in those years fourteen million dollars below the cap because they they just can't. That's the penalty. It's this NHL stupid idea of having to balance out the advantage you're getting. So what it kind of and Russo also expands upon. Uh, so with the ten point or uh, the ten million dollar cap space that they will have this summer, uh, it's going to help sign Kirill Kaprizov, which we're still waiting to see what that contract ends up looking like. It's going to be big though, uh, and Kevin Fiala. And maybe opens up some cap space because they've been there the entire time and they're not as sexy as New York, but I wouldn't be surprised. And a, a big part of this is listening to the SDP and Steve Dangle just pitching. What if Minnesota just go balls to the walls for the next two, three years? They have assets. Maybe Marco Rossi isn't as attractive as a trade chip because of all the unfortunate injuries he had this year. Not his fault at all. Um, Maybe there's a trade. Maybe it's Jack Eichel. <laughs> Maybe you trade Matthew Boldy or something. There, the foundation is there, though, guys. 
that Minnesota can be from the mediocrity they've been for about a decade, picking up to Kaprizov being the super exciting sort of a like snap of the fingers here. We're exciting again. Minnesota can really turn things around here for the next few years and really make noise in the league. I think, yeah, they really have to, if they're going to go these routes, they really have to hit on these, uh, on these moves, and it's a big thing. Like I think Michael Russo's also mentioned it, where Bill Guerin is really taking a lot of gambles these uh-huh. next few years, hoping the cap goes up, um, hoping that those other contracts that they have signed that they're going to be able to kind of get rid of as well. Like the like, there's a there's a really big Twitter meme going on mm-hmm. that they're just waiting. Like like the realistic thing is you're waiting on Victor Rask's contract to expire. Mm-hmm. But the meme thing is like, no, sign him for another 12 years because this guy just, for some reason, is loved by Bill Garrett and saying like he gets so much flack for, I don't know, the fact that he got traded for Nino Niederreiter, but this guy could actually play like he's regained his confidence. But again, like with the, with the Wild have what they have prepped, like they're going to be great at the expansion draft. They're going to be okay. Like they might miss, they might lose a Carson Soucy. We'll see. But I think that this is their way of saying like they want to try something, but the one thing that's I'm just worried about is the long-term deals of those other younger guys, how that's going to be affected by the dead, the dead money basically. And interesting. You did bring up New York because I'm thinking like, did they outdo them in terms of dead, dead cap? Because like there was like Lundquist, Girardi, I think Brad Richards is still there. Something like there's a combination. Like I think it was like 13 million or so. Um, it's going to be close, uh, but yeah. I, I think for those, when you look at the timing, like the dead cap there had been for a few years in the midst of the pandemic, I think this might undo it. Um, yeah, they have $4 million in dead cap in New York this year. Okay. They had it like, it was a bit higher the last year, right? Or I, I yeah, believe so. Before, something yeah. they had, they had a they little had bit more over, over just two. It was last yeah. year was a weird one for New York. Um, with Minnesota, though, I I think you guys are right. I just I I have this feeling that they've been down this path where like, okay, we can be really good for the next two to three years, and then what? Like, but then the thing is, you have to be right, and they've. I feel like this team has been down this path, and it has only led them to mediocrity. And I'm really glad that I. Okay, this might sound really harsh. It's mm-hmm. going to sound really harsh, but getting rid of Suter and Parise, in my eyes, was the end of the mediocrity era, or it should be. Mm-hmm. Those are the last two main pieces, right? Am I missing anyone, Daniel? Last no. two main pieces of the last year? like No, you're Jay, right. Right? Um, it's just... it. You, you, ha- and I trust Bill Guerin. Like he's made s- a very impressive moves. Like no one expected them to finish in a playoff spot this year or finish that far ahead of the team behind them. So he, I, but trust him in making the right moves. But it's a matter of okay, in two to three years, then what are you going to do? Right, you're going to retool for two years, which I think the argument was they were making on the SDP, which. I guess makes sense, but in my eyes, is it better to run the next three or four years? Do a stick to stick to a plan, and then let it rip. 
if you look at their contract situation, so let's, we'll see what they're like in three years. The yeah. only players currently who are signed beyond that point uh, as of right now, and this, this could all be out the window in two weeks, basically two, three weeks, pretty much. Uh, the only guys who for sure are, are still going to be there are Jared Spurgeon, uh, Jonas Brodeen, um, and then it's Joel Erickson Eck. Right. Everyone else has minimum three years. So looking at that, and let's just say Kaprizov's at $9 million because that seems to be what people are saying, there isn't a lot to get in their way that. Like the way sure. that Garen has, has sort of the, the timeline of, of how all of the, the this dead cap is going at, is that it will show up when it's expected the cap will start going back up. Um, it, like, it's obviously a big risk because then you really have to go on, like, where are younger players like Boley and that going to be in three years? Like, what are they right. going to command? Now, maybe Garen looks at the rest of the contracts and, know, like, right now, at least we don't have anyone too serious committed to a cap hit. Um, it, it's like betting on yourself, right? It's it's Garen betting like we're gonna be okay. Like it it may not be smart. Like this could look terrible in a year or two. Um, but man, at least he, he has the balls to do it. No, I, I, I say that again. Sorry, I'm rooting for him so badly right now. Yeah, like I agree with the buyout. I'm not like I, okay, I just yeah. it's the it's the path they go down because next year or this this upcoming season it's 4.7 million then it automatically goes to 12.7 and then 14.7 so it really is one year of okay dead dead cap space and then it becomes 12 million dollars and then 14 for two years so it's like you have really next year to really do some damage in the league but would it not be better to stick to your plan then deviate from it is my argument because i do believe Gil, like garrett I, I don't think you get the job and don't have a five-year plan let's say mm-hmm. that's that that would be my argument why one thing with it is and michael russo says it in the article that like the, the the logic was like why don't you wait another year and see how that blueprint or that vision that garen had to you know come into a more fru- like more fruition because he still has a negotiating window with Capri- like with Kaprizov and everybody's still improving. But again, like I think he talked about like the value just wasn't there anymore. And he, he wants to get everything done, but it's, it's weird now where I, I thought about a thing where it's like that team that exceeds expectations. It's like what I said before, like the Oklahoma city thunder where they exceeded expectations with Chris Paul. Right. And then they realized we're not built for the long term, So let's trade him. Let's get rid of the veteran guy, and then like just just accumulate young assets. And it's it's interesting now because when we mention a Jack Eichel possibility, or they want to work with the money and see how things go in a year or two, it's just crazy to think about. Like, you know, the Wild have been yeah basically a mediocre team. Like we we never really talked about them too much until I guess I started working at the hockey writers. But again, like I think I just at the same time I started at the perfect time where they're just having this upswing right think of it like this as well as i'm looking at their their contracts i'm I'm, uh, this kind of having this mindset that um let's say at the end of two years they've tried and they failed like they've just been better teams um you know you do remember colorado's in there right and that 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 division um 
you know, at the end of those two years, Zuccarello will have a year left. You know, they're still going to have Erickson Ack. Like, you know, at least like knowing if they get Kaprizov off locked up long term, and let's say you can get Jack Eichel, uh, you still have like a good bit of your core with term. We see what happens with Fiala. Um, mm-hmm. Felino will be up in three years. That's a guy you can saw off the last year. Hartman, uh, they've rebuilt um, Bukestad's uh, sort of uh, his value if they can bring him back as well. Um, you, I think they'll have the pieces there and the assets that if they do have to then take this, okay, we're done here. We tried, we failed. Um, and again, G- Garen was under Pittsburgh. He was there. He has that sort of go for it in the window as long as you can mode. Um, as long as he doesn't completely drain their assets, like, like, you know, kind of what happened with Pittsburgh and only having Sam Poulin left. Oh, they say with Chuck Fletcher, because um, before this episode, I was looking through Minnesota's, Going oh sorry, going all in deals that he right. used to do at the deadline. He traded like a bunch of picks, like a first and a second in there for yeah. Martin Hansel, and then he traded like a bunch of other assets for Jason Palmonville. Minnesota have a, an additional first this year too because they have Pittsburgh's first and yeah. third. Yep. From Jason Zucker, yeah. They have they have room. They have room. They the thing that Minnesota and I don't think they will do this is they can't sign another Matt Zuccarello contract. Yeah. Like that ruins it. Like just on the spot. Because what let's say it's a guy who's making five to seven million dollars. Well, there there goes your cap. There goes the cap space. So don't sign Zach Hyman. Yeah, like, like don't <laughs> sign Zach Hyman. Don't like it's just you can't do you can't do that again because mm-hmm. that ruins it. That's why the moves have to be so right, or else it goes down the drain. In my eyes, quietly, I also really like we see which goalie they lose in the expansion draft. But you know, Talbot's a guy they brought in. Kakinen has sort of been a guy they've tried to correct me if I'm wrong here, Gina. But that's a guy they tried to bring in over a couple of years. Yeah. Um, Spurgeon is is older, but he is is separate from Suter and Parise. The late Protein bloomer just seems to be a guy who just goes. Sorry, oh, he's a late bloomer, Jared Spurgeon. Like yeah. he didn't really get the opportunity. But what what a defenseman! Um, yeah. that's a guy who that contract is not great, but um, yeah, that's a guy, a guy you can see playing a bit later in his to his career. Bro, Dean just goes about his business. Um, people we love Matt Dumba, but they, they like Matt Dumba because of what they've done to keep hold of him. Um, again. If they lose Susie, whatever, they still have those three main defensemen. You can do a lot with that. And then you also look, Benino's a guy he brought in. Sturm's a corner. Like, he's also that kind of late bloomer, right? Like, Hartman was a project. Greenway, they've been creative with, but that's another younger guy. Felino's this two way guy people love. Erickson X, a younger guy that's come in recently. Zuccarello, I believe. You no, know, he was a Fenton bring in, right? Yeah. Zuccarello, yeah. The one yeah. summer. And, but, and again, Garen was the one who managed to finally get Kaprizov. Is you can kind of you you've started to see Garen's footprint on this team. That's something I really like about what he's done. Is and yeah, again, it is it is. I think you said it, Alex. The mediocrity is it's gone. It was always we always had that discussion. Everyone has about Minnesota. They could not move on without getting rid of Parise and Suter. It it couldn't have happened. Um, and do you know what I I. I Always, because it was, you don't hear this about a lot of teams, but there was always so much noise around the room in Minnesota. And whether it was like, there was always that, okay, there's Parisi and Suter, and they were always talked about. But then in the background, it was always like, yeah, but what about, what's Miku Koiver doing in the back here? 
I don't know. There was always something with Minnesota, and like I, I feel like if if at the end of this in a couple of years, Michael Russo has this big piece of like, here's what was happening behind the scenes. That's something I've always been curious about in Minnesota because we just maybe since we don't hear about them because who's going to take the time because it's Minnesota. No offense. Um, I don't know. This is always something in the back of my mind. Daniel, you're kind of a lot more well-connected. What, what do you think? I'm going to hand this over to you because I need to grab my Mac charger because it's at 2%. But I, okay. I will show you. But yeah, uh, basically, we don't know. Again, hockey culture uh, or just not really knowing what is going on. But I think that it it just reached a point already where you can't have these two guys being paid like that who if i'm being honest are not like it sounds like the meme I, they're not that guy they're not that guy <laughs> they're not that guy they're not that guy <laughs> that um you could they they couldn't lead you to winning like even with Miko Koivu i really like them as a player but it's just the depth wasn't there that they weren't going to be able to kind of make it and i i think that they had rosters there that were interesting to see but they were ones that they were just getting by Right. And you could blame that on the fact that they had to play Chicago all the time in the in the central. And I don't think that's that's an excuse. I think it's just you just should have been built better. And the one thing that I think we didn't mention today yet is if you're gonna go for it, if you're gonna spend in these next two seasons, do you really trust your goalies that you have right now? Like this is this a reoccurring problem with Minnesota. Like have you built a foundation yet that you're going to trust these two guys moving forward. Cause we've seen a good camp Talbot and we've seen a bad camp Talbot and then Capo Kalkin and he like, he really trailed off like towards the end of the season. If there is a, if there is a position that I do see them going in on, it is goaltending, right? Like once let, let's assume, cause if I'm Seattle, I do pick a goalie regardless if I'm going to use him or not, you can always trade him. Um, I pick whoever's exposed here just because Cam Talbot did have a good year and Capo Kakunin's 24 and has seemingly done well so far. Like there's goalies out there. I can see them dipping into that pool. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, moving on. Last thing. So I think everyone's just already married Parise going to the Islanders. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really funny. I can see Sue getting another bad contract because I wouldn't be surprised that there's a bidding war. Uh, Canadian teams have just kind of been like rooted out like he's not going to go there, like big hockey Canada guy, all that type of stuff. It's crazy because maybe this team is like, oh, we're going to trade Ekholm <laughs> to Nashville bring back Ryan Suter. I don't know. Because, like, think about it. Maybe they're like, listen, the Western Conference has, like, one good team in the Pacific, and then everyone else is just, like, a rush for the wild card there. That was it's, in, it's interesting if they did because initially I was going to say no because of, like, the whole free agency thing. That was, a, that was a crazy time, I remember. So this was, like, in when uh, – this was, like, the summer of 2011 – and I remember the year before that, they lost. I mean, they lost the year before that, they lost Dan Hamhuse. And then that summer, they lost Ryan Suter. And then Shea Weber signed an offer sheet with Philadelphia. And this was when all three of the guys were on Nashville. And then I was just wondering, like, they matched it because, like, the current contract right now, they matched it because, like, Nashville's like, we just 
Look how many defensemen we they just said I'm not signing with you, even though we were going on playoff runs. But there's no way we're leaving. We're no lo- there's no way we're letting Shea Weber leave. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because they eventually did trade him. But <laughs> um, I don't. It's it's interesting because like maybe because I thought like the f- relationship was kind of over with that. Because but again, Dan Hamhues did go back to Nashville to end his career. I, I was gonna kind of meme it there and be like. It's a joke, but you actually you made a bit of sense of it. Uh, uh, go ahead. I'm no. I was just gonna say uh, I'm stealing from Jeff Merrick, but I do see the uh, New York Islanders connection. See, not, he's not a Lou guy, but their coach. So what? Yeah, yeah, true. Barry. Barry Trotz. I always forget Barry coached Nashville back in the day. I always forget that was a thing. There. Oh, were you gonna transition there? I was gonna transition. Okay, to go ahead. Place. Go ahead. Um. The thing I was going to try and do was, Sorry. hey there, you know what? What if instead they end up going together? They leave Minnesota, they come into Minnesota together. They leave Minnesota together. And we know the Islanders are interested in or not interested. They're shopping Nick Letty. So there's an opening there. Speaking of which, the Islanders are shopping Nick Letty, <laughs> uh, who I love Nick Letty. I want him as a hab so badly. I always have. The Islanders. They have cap issues. We all know that. He has one year left at $5.5 million. He skates like the wind, which is I love it so much. And he could sure, at 30 years old too, he's not too old, he could really help a team on the power play too. I I, I don't know if it happens before the expansion draft and then maybe Seattle's like, yoink, I don't know. I haven't really uh, looked at the Islander situation in a little bit. However, um, again, it also like Edmonton. Did you not know about this? Is Nick Letty not a guy you could also think like, man? I think they knew about it and just didn't care. Ah, that's weird. <laughs> I don't get that. Neither do I. That's okay. Not supposed to. Um, so I'm just I'm here on their the cap friendly expansion draft simulator. Uh, so their further fence they have Nick Letty, Pulak, Pelic, uh, Scott Mayfield, and then obviously Thomas Hickey, Braden Coburn. Sebastian Ajo, the defenseman, and then a couple other guys that just not going to get claimed. Um, so I do have a feeling if he's there, he's available until the expansion draft. That'd be weird. You know, getting rid of a 30-year-old Nick Letty and then bringing in Ryan Suter. Listen, I'm not saying it makes sense. It just makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just makes sense. Okay, I say? Yeah, That'd be weird. What? No, it's just because I just remember like the hope of the Islanders defense was on Johnny Boychuk and Nick Letty. Oh, yeah. And then now it's like they're transitioning themselves into this new era, but they still somehow still have veteran guys there. Mm-hmm. If they got a, they have the Islanders. It's, it's going to catch them eventually, but um, they're cap stuff. Who knows? They'll make it back to the final four next year. And I won't even blink about it because that's just how they are over there. Not the only buyouts were Minnesota, but also looking to Florida. Very busy day for the Panthers and Bill Zito. <laughs> Keith Yandel was not asked to waive his no-move clause because he got bought out today. Um, besides that, they also do some business in the ways of basically giving Anthony Duclair, I believe it was three times three. Yep. The contract that was reported he got offered in Ottawa. He denied on the 3-1 thoughts, but... He gets that as well as Gustav Forsling, who a defenseman who really, really found his way 
um, in Florida gets a three-year deal, $2.666667 million. That's pretty funny. So I sent a little bit of a Twitter DM to our friend Alex Baumgartner because I wanted to get a real sense of, of, of Keith Yandel. Um, and what he kind of described to me was he was all right on the power play throughout the year, but then the moment Aaron Eckblad went down, you can almost feel like he was the safety net. Keith Yandel was just a complete defensive liability, cost him in the playoffs. And the big question I asked was, uh, did he deserve to be scratched in the playoffs? And he said, absolutely. Um, so it's not really, to me, it wasn't much of a surprise that Yandel got bought out. We all know what happened at the beginning of the year. He was going to be scratched. But the Iron Man streak sort of was his leverage because the team were totally behind him. But um, I wonder where Keith Yandel goes next. Because there's going to be a team that wants him for his offensive talent. He's probably one of the more popular teammates out there. I think he was voted like the funniest player in the league by some player poll. Nick, not like not Nick Letty, yes, Keith Yandel. Um, so he can play the power play. Yes. Does he want to come to Canada? Uh, so, so which which team are you looking at there? Specifically? Are you saying Montreal? They would not want him. They had that with. They saw PK as a good like offensive D with no defensive play, which was not very. Oh, I was gonna say Eric Gustafson. Yeah, but listen. Yeah, but they got Gustafson because the D'Angelo stuff. Listen, right? right, which is also <laughs> still could be They're, a thing in the summer. Uh, we'll have that discussion when it happens. Um, <laughs> you know, no, I forgot. I, I mean, sorry. I was just gonna say that it's Montreal could be a possibility. I get he's a defensive liability, but always a possibility. Left-handed, he's left-handed. I yeah, he is. yeah, right. Okay. You know, I forgot he was on the Rangers. I thought he was on Arizona his whole career. Yeah, freaking Captain Keith, I used to call him. I forgot. I'm like, oh yeah, they signed. They traded like John Moore and Anthony Duclair for him. You know who's gonna sign him though? Who? The Anaheim Ducks. Oh, because of Kevin Shattenkirk. Right, right. You have to bring in these types of guys for some reason. <laughs> right. Even though they're not between 23 and 27. I mean, they do, the Ducks do need to score. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, that's a good point. That is and, a good point. Uh, who who was there, the player that – was it Cogliana who had his Iron Man streak broken by a suspension? Yeah. Yes. Co- Co- I think he's in Dallas now, or mm-hmm. am I misremembering? No, they no, traded him for like Dallas. Devin Shore. Yeah. So maybe or Nick Shore. I can, no wait. Nick Shore is the Leafs one. No, De- so, it's Devin. It's Devin. Devin. Okay. One of Anaheim and Dallas are going to be like Anaheim because like we lost our Iron Man. We need a new one. Or Dallas Literally. because respect. Or or hear me out on this one. Hear me out on this one. Mm-hmm. The Tampa Bay Lightning. They're going to sign him for a million dollars. I was thinking of them with Ryan. Yeah, I can see that because. Just because they did it with David Savard. They it's did it with David. They did it with uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. Right. They signed yes. for a year. His redemption contract. Yeah. And now uh, Zach Bogosian. And Zach Bogosian. Um, well, yeah, Bogosian. And Luke Shen. Yeah, redemption Luke contract. Shen. Oh, my God. Now he's a two-time um, champion. Two-time champion. Two-time champion. Two-time champion. Love to see it. All right. Um, we're kinda, we've almost talked about him a few times, so we might as well get it out of the way. I meant to bring him up after the Minnesota stuff. Shea Weber, um, the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. The sort of, um, I, you could say if Gallagher is the heart, he is the backbone of the team. I think leadership as fans, sometimes we're like, whatever. And sometimes it is overthrown a bit too much in, in, in hockey. 
though I think if there was a, a player that really exemplifies it, it's been Shea Weber. Um, honestly, I, I'm pretty sure it was that was like the number one reason they traded for him. Anyway, um, there is doubt whether he will play next year at all. There is even some speculation that he might be done. There have been some BC reporters saying apparently he's lining stuff up. Um, I, I don't want to think that way. I have a lot of respect for Shea Weber. He didn't have a great regular season. He missed, I think he's missed, I think it's uh, 95 games in his time as a Hab. Remember that year that he came back in, I want to say it's late November because he was dealing with an injury. That left foot, ankle, knee area has been such a concern for him. Um, I'm not going to say career, hello, what do we think of Shea Weber and his legacy because we're not there yet. There is one issue I want to talk about here, and this is one that is, is... I may I may legit get really mad at this. I haven't gotten really mad on the show for a while, but this could happen. So this is from Darren Dreger on Twitter. Shea Weber's body's beaten up. Is it possible he plays again? Question mark. Possible, but leaning towards unlikely. The NHL isn't commenting, however, based on history of other players granted LTI. If the NHL's hard line doesn't soften, this case will likely end in dispute with the PA. So I was a bit like, okay, I want to make sure I get this right. So I sent it to Elliot Friedman and I'm like, can you, ex-? I, I said, could you explain this to me like I'm five? And he got back to me and he's like, NHL pushing back on LTIR for now. So, so I just wanted like, so first off, the big sort of hurdle here is Shea Weber has, and Daniel mentioned the offer sheet, has one of those illegal contracts that predate the lockout, a.k.a. the same one that Parise and Suter have, Duncan Keith has, the thing that Lalongo and the Canucks are kind of being dinged for right now, um, a.k.a. cap recapture if he were to retire. Now, it hits Nashville a lot worse than it hits Montreal, but I find it, and the reason the pan in the background is leaning is he is so sad about what's happening with Shea Weber. The thing I have a real problem with, guys, is Zetterberg was on LTIR. Um, I'm, put, I'm putting him to the side because I think his injury was legit. Pavel Dotsuk went to go play in the KHL LTIR. Marion Hosa got a rash all of a sudden for equipment and was allowed to be put on LTIR. I'm not even going to mention the Kucherov stuff, even though that's probably what's told the league, all right, we're going to stop this. I just, it's so, like, the irony in the Habs losing to the cup final, Tampa damaging the cup and it having to be sent to Montreal for repairs. <laughs> the news, the captain may be gone, and it's because of the team they lost to, that the Habs may have, like, Shea Weber may have to retire. <laughs> Instead of doing the LTIR thing and it's screwing Nashville and it, to an extent screwing Montreal because now the league has decided to push back on this LTIR nonsense. The Blackhawks got away with it. Everyone got away with it. And it's sickening to me when Weber, compared to all those other guys except maybe Zetterberg, is the only one that is legit probably have a career-ending injury. Like, him crying when they lost in the cup final. If you look back on that now, the meaning is unbelievable because he probably knew how bad it was. But this is when the league pushed back. It's such a bush, it's bush league. Bush league, bush league, bush league. I have lost everything for Batman the past couple of weeks. Any good grace I had with the guy, I'm done with it. 
it's a joke. The standards are hilariously lopsided sometimes. And I was, Will, I think I was talking to Baldwin. I don't know if he was joking on this. And I hate taking this narrative. But he said, it's hilarious how slanted it is for Canadian teams. That's not obviously not true because we've seen what Toronto have done with LTIR. It, it just, I'm so annoyed by this. And Shea Weber deserves so much more. Like, just think about how much pain was he in playing in the cup final? Like, you saw what he was doing at Braden Point at the end of that series. On one leg with one hand? He scored in one of those, I think it was the second, third round? Like, I'm, I'm throwing my dinosaur egg for my McDonald's Happy Meal a couple months ago. I'm just, I'm mad. And I'm, 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 I'm going to stop because I'm going to rant too much. I'm going to swear something. I'm beyond mad about this. I can't. I hate this league. Uh, yeah. You, I mean, we've had that. We've had this discussion before. Um, um, I, you have all right to be upset. I'm not, I'm like, oh, I'm not even going to dispute it. But I, I do think that the NHL is just playing uh, a game here. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're actually taking this seriously. And I have, I think I know why. Um, in 2014, is it, was that Patrick Kane when he got injured, correct? Um, the year he, he got injured for the remainder of the, the, let's see in 2014 with a, in a collision with Brendan Morrow, he missed the remainder of the regular season, but returned for the 2014 playoff. He was injured on March, March 19th. So in the summer, that summer, I believe there was there was talks that the owners that the league brought forth that we could get rid of this CB, this LTIR nonsense and fix the system. Two teams said, okay, Tampa Bay, and I believe it is St. Louis. So I'm curious, how many, how many owners do you think have changed hands uh, since 2014? Wait, 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 wait. You're saying St. Louis and Tampa said, get rid of it. Yes. They were the only two or two. Correct. No. <laughs> two that two that that were out there that we know of. I mean, I'd be sure that at this point we know, right? Which is ironic, yeah. considering Tampa. What Tampa did, yeah, if and they're was, still doing. Well, Correct. you know why they said yes? Because in was it? Sorry, you said it was 2014. In 2014, Patrick Kane okay. got injured. I was going to say never mind because it was in 2015 they lost in the finals to Chicago. No. That's that's hilarious. Right. That's. Great. Amazing. So how many owners do you think have changed since that year? And take Vegas and Seattle out of it. Cause that's just en- this enough thing. where there is an investigation with Weber right now. Enough, enough no. have three, the Islanders, the hurricanes oh, okay. and the coyotes all how many, like they don't have, I'm sorry. The coyotes have zero pole. Wait, the, wait, the, Oh, because they just had the GM meetings, didn't they? Or some sort of that. No, no. I'm just asking. I they did have the GM meetings, but just for the sake. Okay. In 2014, it was the Islanders. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, in 2015, in 2018, sorry, it was the Hurricanes, and in 2019, it was the Coyotes. All but all these teams don't have a lot of pull. I really think the NHL is just doing this because a lot of people are talking about it. I think when it comes down to it, they're going to do nada about this situation. I think Shea Weber will rightfully go on LTIR because he's injured. I think they're doing this as a publicity stunt. And I think people are realizing that like, look, look how upset you are. You like, this is in my eyes, this is a full publicity stunt. If they go through with this, that's just stupidity. That's beyond stupidity. Before 
because Daniel, I'm sure you want to say something. I just want to say, so the Islanders, that was probably before Lou, because why Correct. would Correct. Um, the Coyotes, which is hilarious, because I guess they're just going to ignore the Dotsuit deal. That's great. Um, yeah. You know, just, uh, we'll just forget about that. That's, I just find that, I find that really rich. Go ahead, Daniel. Anyway, just. It's just, I don't know. It just feels like unfortunate and weird that they're using Shea Weber as, I guess, that big time example now of, this is why we have to fix LTIR when again, like when I look at the Tampa side of things after the final, like, like, I don't know, like, this is just a hype up. Like this is a rhetorical, like, why are you going to give rings to Marion Gabrick and Anders Nielsen? They should. Um, <laughs> that's like the one thing I kind of think about. And I know that it was during the playoffs. They said they want to fix this. So like, why not go to the team that's actually over the cap, then going to Montreal where I think there's a legitimate reason that you need LTIR for Shea Weber, that it's already been shown throughout the rounds, how many injuries he sustained. And like, again, it's like, I don't know. It's just comical to me because it's a guy that actually played this season. Yeah. That like, sorry, the, was it like, just, what do you think an X-ray on his left foot is going to tell you right now? Yeah. I don't know. I, I was actually concerned about the hand because like the amount of highlights or like reviews they showed, like the amount of times like he's hit his hand. Yeah. Like I just I don't want to see how that actually looks like. Like how many cross checks did he give against someone? Yeah, or they must like he still takes the slab shots like full strength. I'm like yes. oh my gosh, that must have like killed him. And the goal he scored was off a, a classic Weber slap shot, and you got and he was playing the power play. It's like man, his pain tolerance. He is not human. He's a bear. He's a mountain. Um. I, by the way, obviously, uh, this has massive repercussions for Montreal because they, they lose. I think like the top four right side of Montreal of him and Petrie has been an obvious bright spot of the team. Um, I'm not going to be like, hey, they should go after Dougie Hamilton because that's obvious. Um, and I'd be really happy if they did that, but we'll see. Or do they overreact and get Seth Jones? Please don't because the price is apparently hilariously high. Um Man, imagine giving up like the Brincat and Doc and a first for Seth Jones. Oh my god! Even if it's prime Seth Jones, no. Um, also, quick news from Montreal, and then we'll. There's just so much, so much. Um, Dom Ducharme is officially the head coach. Tier uh, Luke Richardson is back. Hilar- love it. Love to see it. They're both three years deals. Um, no one is surprised at all. Question. Yep. I don't know if it was just this subsection of Montreal Twitter that I seem to that pops up on my timeline sometimes, yeah. mm-hmm. but to me it seemed like people were more excited about Luke Richardson staying than yeah. they were about Dominic Ducharme. Yeah, and if that was my team, I would be partially concerned. Alex, I've been concerned the moment <laughs> over. the moment they beat the Leafs, I knew yeah. what was going to happen. Right. Right. Like it, it, yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's like that. Well, are, people are, love Luke, right? Are you on the train of that Luke? They should have given Luke Richardson the job, or is that just an Adam Wild thing? I was, I was on Bouchard. On Bouchard, yeah, yeah. Once yeah. Bouchard left, I yeah. was like, I didn't waste the time because it's like, because he's not French, yeah. and it's like, God damn it! But oh, I think true. he would have been a good option, but. uh uh, it, it, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some interviews because, man, he got. It's just, I think the only reason he stayed is because there weren't openings. He right. said, he's like, I'm happy to be back. And, you know, cool. Sure. We're, we're happy well. to have you, man. Hmm? He looks so young for like where he was. He was drafted the same one as like Joe Sackick. 
Yeah, they 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 also looked at his hockey DBB agent STB. He played like fourteen hundred games, and he looks like if you look at Ovechkin, thousand games ish, and he looks like an aged wizard. Yeah, and 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 Richardson just looks like he's like a, a history teacher, and you know what I mean? Like he he doesn't look like he's had the wear and tear of that many hockey games. No, it's incredible. No. He looks amazing. Uh, I sorry, uh, I just checked check cap friendly. There's two yep. openings. Uh, oh, that's. One. That's Bruce Cassidy and Lindy Ruff. I'm just gonna assume both those guys are coming back. Wait, wait, wait. Now or next year? It says 2021, 2022. There's no nothing under Bruce Cassidy or Lindy oh, Ruff. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I still will never understand why they hired Lindy Ruff in New Jersey. And yeah, Cassidy's gonna get down. Yeah, Cassidy's definitely getting. That's a good coach. Yeah. That's a really good coach. Where do you guys want to go? Um, we have the Aruba. least stuff. Um, right, let's go with that. Um, right. Unfortunately, Alex's favorite leaf looks to be hitting the open market. I'm sorry about That's Zach Bogosian. That's Bush League, <laughs> That's by the Bush way. That's Bush League. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Alex. I don't uh, like and I don't see how you watch the same thing. I was telling Mike last night. I'm like, I don't really like I get it. I'm overreacting. But like. I, I do think there's absolutely no reason that Zach Bogosian should not come back. I don't know what Timothy Lilligren is. Do any of you know what Timothy Lilligren is? Why is Timothy Lilligren? After a year two and 86 overall in NHL 20. But beside that, it's like... Yeah, I never understood that. In the, sorry, this uh, tangent. In yeah, the video game, why does he develop like that? Because they, they don't change potentials. Anyway, anyway, yeah, no, he's a complete mystery. Like, no one... Mm-hmm. So what, we're just going to play him? We're just going to play him. We're just going to play Timothy Lilligren on the third pairing with Rasmus Sandin is what you're telling me. Uh, that, this is your suggestion? Unless Lilligren put together a full year yet? In the a- NHL? Yeah. No. no. He played 11 games in 1920, and he played two games last year. Yeah, he can't go a full rookie third pair. Can't do that. And with Rasmus Sandin. I don't care if they played together in the AHL. Like that's you, you like completely who cares? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a different beast. And uh, this is why I was telling Mike last night. I said, unless he's asking for like two years, $2 million, like he's now become the new Ron Hainsey where he's just signs these weird deals. And then it eventually becomes one year deals. There is zero reason that he should not come back. If he does indeed want to come back to Toronto. I don't know if it's because we haven't had a lot of chance to talk about the Leafs lately, but you have not been that heated about a Leafs topic in a while. Yeah, because I've been trying to stay away from it. This team is like... You almost said they're ruining your life. Like, <laughs> but it, it hurts to, real good. Like, Oh, man, I just had it up to here with Leafs Twitter, too. Like, how... Honestly, I completely tangent here, but quick note. How do you... How do you watch Toronto hockey media and say Steve Dangles the traitor? How on earth do you watch that and say Steve Dangles the traitor and not the the clowns who are sitting there saying uh, Mitch Marner's worth $15 million, uh, Freddie Anderson's still worth $5 million? Like, what is this? This is that's Bush League. You guys were there, you know, the respect I have for Steve Dangle. Um, not just as a Habs fan, but as a, a an aspiring journalist, um, I, I felt disrespected by how they've treated him. 
It's abs- it's it's terrible. Like that's guy, that guy's on your team. It's really funny though. Whenever you listen to the SDB and their last fourth mention of them on this show, sorry about yeah. that. But, <laughs> like their last few, and obviously listen to our episodes first before I say this. But like their last few episodes have been bangers, eh? Yes. But then whenever they mention the Leafs, Steve turns into a sour pickle. It's hilarious. It's heartbreaking, but it's hilarious because he just gets so bitter. Like, I don't care. I don't like, sorry. I don't know who said it, but I know. How do you put Gabe Landeskog? Where? With what money? I was looking at that. I'm like, okay, cool. But like, where's your backup goalie? And who is your third line center? Listen, I want to drive a Formula One car, but I can't. I can't <laughs> drive stick. I can't, um, like, I don't have the super license. I don't have no points. I've never driven a car like that before. So, no, sorry, I'm not going to drive a Formula One car. My father's not a Russian billionaire. That, too. Yeah, like, sorry, I've never, like, some things are ridiculous, man. And, like, just Zach Bogosian not coming back was, like, the, the tipping point at this point. Like, I, I saw the Hyman news today. I'm like, congratulations. Like, I love Zach Hyman. I already knew he wasn't coming back. I'm happy you mentioned you're mentioning him because we needed to talk about him. And it, it was either that or you gave me the perfect the per- purpose, the perfect door for Landis God. But anyway, sure. if you are upset about this, um it, it at, at first it's obviously a Hyman is his agent apparently has received permission to speak to other teams uh for his negotiation rights. I think what will make you feel better about this, Alex, is the front runners are apparently Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver, and then teams that have interest. Pittsburgh, Florida, Detroit, and Boston. Boston. What, what, what makes you feel better is there's a real chance that Edmonton, Calgary, or Vancouver are going to overpay Zach Hyman hilariously. It, it's hilarious because so in Kevin McGran wrote an article, he writes for the Toronto Star. Uh, he said that Hyman would stay in Toronto for $5 million per year for eight years with a full no move clause. So David Clarkson, um, but has like, uh, sorry, but has already gotten offers North of there. Who is offering Ryan, uh, uh, who is offering Zach Hyman more than $5 million a year for eight years? I'm going to say six and a half per year like for just eight years as an overpay just kind of oh my it's god just one of those deals because again i'm not saying he's a milan <laughs> lucic or he's not a david clarkson but it's it's that thing again where they're gonna overpay for a guy that like he brings the character he brings the grit kind of thing where you know it, just if he got more opportunity you know that whole thing like only if he got more opportunities he what? would score more he's than 40 playing- points okay 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 i'm not gonna freak out but i'm sorry he plays next to Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner for the last two years. He has plenty of opportunities. So, so I love how he's like, yeah, I'll stay for full control of where I go. And f- I had to do the math embarrassingly. I'm like on a calculator, $40 million. Like talk about opportunity. Um, say what you want about Marner, about how he's played. Yeah. Him, him and Matthews probably made Hyman, about at least 30 of that million. I remember like last year, I would have been like Hyman for four would have been too much. But then this year just exploded. And I think I saw Rachel Dory tweet about how funny it is that Hyman's going to get more than Gabriel Landeskog, which is a travesty. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to correct. I think that Zach Hyman can do whatever the he- whatever he wants. And there's, 
and he has all right to go to market. He's a UFA and he'll get more than he would have in Toronto, which is the argument I've been making for the last year. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, I'm so done with Toronto news that like, I just couldn't care like anymore. He's going to get more than Brendan Gallagher. And I think that's his closest comparable. Like this is worse than uh, I always forget his name. He signed. He 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 got traded to New York. I want to say from Anaheim. He's the joke con. He got like five times five. He's like the prototypical power forward. Had one good year in it. Jumped up. Hyman's Matt Bolesky. Matt Bolesky. This is like almost going to be like uh, Hyman's more talented, obviously. But in the long run, this could very easily be worse than Matt Bolesky. Did like one thirty goal season. I remember. I, I wasn't sure if you were talking about Milan Lucic, David Clarkson, or Matt Bolesky. It's just a carousel of them. Like, uh, what? David Backus to a certain extent. I'm I'm genuine. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, it's David Backus to a certain extent mm. as well in mm-hmm. that category. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I'm genu- or Jimmy Hayes. Jimmy Hayes too. I'm genuinely curious what subsection of Leafs Twitter honestly thinks that they should sign this deal. And what the logic is here, because you want Gabe Landeskog, who let's just say, I, I think the reports are eight to $9 million is what he mm. wants. Yeah, no, uh, that's three to $4 million more than that. And they have $9 million in cap space plus the three and a half from Kerfoot, which, okay, we still have to, like you're penciling in Nick Robertson in a top six. You haven't seen him play an NHL regular season game. Give me a break. Give me an absolute break that you're penciling this man in. And who's your backup goalie? Then? I don't know. Uh, David Riddick. Wait, he's not signed. Ian Scott, Eric Calgren, or Michael Hutchinson. Wait, who was the second guy before Joe Wall? Joe Wall's an RFA. RFA. Uh, Wait, who's that Eric, guy? Eric Calgren. They just I, signed him. To, okay, I'm like just they signed him out of Sweden. Okay. So, this was David Pegnata that said that they, they should go after him. No, so everyone sure. took him saying that. Now, is he – because no, 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 I know you're obviously being mad at the fan saying go yes. do that. Yeah. So did, did everyone just take that from Pegnata saying that he thinks they should go after him? Or did I, he actually I, say they're interested? No, it sounded like – that. I think it was the first. Okay. All and right. it just completely blew up, and I lost cool. my mind last night. Typical, which okay. All you right. got my text. Hockey. I did. Yes. Yes. Five. I, I, I had one guy. I'll tell you after the episode, five insiders I'm taking information from everyone mm-hmm. else. No, I'm not. All right. Uh, a lot of fun stuff. A lot, a lot of fun stuff. Speaking of Gabe Landeskog, um, he is <laughs> Colorado and Gabe Landeskog are as Landeskog himself puts it to, uh, I think it's Peter big bog uh, of the athletic not even close to reaching a deal. Um, again, these are some of the names of teams that apparently could be potential suitors, not interested, potential suitors. Um, St. Louis, the Kings, Flyers, and Oilers, the St. Louis connection, because apparently, you know, O'Reilly. Cool. I'm, I'm just curious is Edmonton on every forward list? Apparently. Like, they is, have this, to be. is this what we're going to do for the offseason? That's how it works. <laughs> It's because they're like, what do we do? We've never actually had this money before. We have to spend it right away. Yeah, yeah great. Lots and Duncan money. Keith gets a lot of it. So, <laughs> uh, so Landis got, yeah, wants around like $9 million. No. 
so I, I kind of went and I'm like, okay, so who are some of the comparables of, of, of like contracts I would give Landis Cog to compared to maybe some production? Um, I thought of, okay, Anders Lee makes around $7 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, Does he want Blake Wheeler, who's 8.25? Um, there wouldn't be the term there. He obviously looks at Miko Ranton at around $9 million. No, you're nuts. Not, no, you're not. Not that him. guy. Uh, not that Claude, guy. <laughs> no, even Claude Giroux makes 8.275. Uh, Voracek makes 8.250. Tarasenko's, sorry? That's cr- No, just I know like Voracek's had the good years, but... I know the last few years, like hearing that cap hit with him. I know. It's bad. Um, Tarasenko, 7.5, more of a skill guy anyway. But then I think these last two, JVR and Evander Kane, um, except Landis Cog's not nearly as much of a jerk as Kane is, uh, $7 million. Um, I think eight would be a stretch for Landy. And I know he's good, but he's only eclipsed 30 goals once, I want to say. I was looking at some of his stat lines earlier. It, obviously... They what's hilarious about this piece that um that Peter Berg back does is it's it's like a story of, of Landis Cog's career and it talks about Milan Heiju talking about him being captain. It's this giant love letter to Landis Cog, the type of thing you'd probably put up at like a retirement. So let's just say it. It's obviously a negotiation thing from Landis Cog. Right. But yeah, you're not making nine million dollars. You, know, you know what I liked about that article? Like what you said, the Milan Heyduk part. It's like it's that kind of thing where that joke where you're already you're already saying goodbye to him, even though he didn't leave yet. Yeah. Or it's like, well, you know, that was great, man. And he's like, wait, I, I didn't actually leave yet. And he's like, oh, well, it's nice seeing you. Yeah. Like I, I think it's exactly what you said, Adam. I I just think this is a negotiation tactic. I I do think he's gonna come back. Like, I, I honestly think he will be a Colorado Avalanche at the start of the 2021-22 season. I have absolutely no sources. I have zero sources. But I just have a gut feeling, and I'm going to go with it. Hey, if he does leave, McKinnon's the captain. Right. Good. Yeah. Very good. They're not going to do the young one again? Like, Alex what? Newhook. No, remember um, Linus Cog's captain at 19. Gail McCarr. Yeah. Gail McCarr's I, I captain. Was, I was thinking McCarr of Alex there, yeah. Yeah, um, can you imagine if they were just like Patrick hey, Namath? Yeah, they give it to Patrick. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. Do, uh, do, do, do you guys think that term is also an issue? I think in the article there was a word of he wants long term security. Now, apparently, yeah. Colorado have offered terms that I think it's been four, five, and eight years. I think it was. And the number have been around five and six million, which is a bit of an insult on Colorado's <laughs> a little, front. A little bit. Like, uh, and I saw people were trying to say maybe it's you don't give him as much as McKinnon. If Sackick thinks he can on. get away with like trying to pay Landis Cog less than McKinnon's criminally underrated contract, then like, then if I'm Landis Cog, I'm saying you just insulted me to a point. Okay, I'll go to St. Louis, whatever. Yeah, it's like Paul Stastny. Yeah, right. It's just, it's just like because the way he plays too, it's just it is that power forward style and. I don't. Linus Cog's that kind of that guy too for me. That and it's my own personal opinion that I I always wanted to be like he has so much potential. I just want to see what he what he's going to become or how he's going to become a foundational piece. And like you're right, he only hit thirty goals once, and he is like a like a borderline all star. Like that's no that's no denial. But like it's it's kind of like he's still kind of like a second fiddle type of player. That do you really want? Yeah, do you want to commit long term to that? He he is a 
it's 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 kind of rude to say this is because he was point per game not long ago. He's kind of a complimentary player to a point. Ooh. If you think about it, he he is not the guy that I don't think he carries teammates. He yeah. can be a spark plug, but let's be honest. When he is a part of that super line, would you rather McKinn? No, I'm not going to. You, you want McKinnon. Would you rather Rantanen, who was chasing Matthews at one point for the scoring job before Matthews just kind of took off? Uh, remember that? One who did that since the beginning of the season when he got like 40 goals. But anyway, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, if you're asking me, do you want Rantanen, who is a power forward, kind of like Landis Cog, except he has the potential to get you 40 goals, 90 points? Yeah, I'm going to want Rantanen. In, in, in the yeah. grand scheme of the pecking order, if you really think about it, um, yeah. would you rather have a team that its best forward is, is – would you rather if you had to have Makar or Landeskog to start building a team, you're going with Makar too. Right. Like, this is what – I would imagine Colorado desperately want to get Landeskog done as soon as possible because if they pay Makar long-term Sun and the Moon – before they pay Landeskog, and obviously Landeskog is also a UFA, uh, that can stir the waters a little bit if you give the kid all this money and you were kind of playing hardball with me, the vet, the cat that your captain. Like, there's going to be some ego driven there for sure. Sure, but he also didn't finish second. Was he second or third? In, I think he was second. In uh, the best defenseman or best forward in this the NHL, true. right? So, like, there's – and he won the call – like. Calder last year. He's the uh, fourth most important player on the team. Is Linescog? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, like I do think. Listen, he makes if they want to. I th- and I think they did this at some points in the season. He makes their second line extremely strong if they wanted it. Because mm-hmm. uh, I believe at some point they did move Burakovsky or. I, yeah, I think it was Burkowski to the first line and did drop Landeskog to the second line. And I think that what we call spread the wealth, it, that's what it did. I just, you're right. Like he's the fourth most important player on the team. Uh, I just think losing him is is a big impact. And we've seen the damage done by losing captains. Uh, look at St. Louis. Oh yeah, And they were teetering to begin with, but like, I just I think losing Petrangelo was there the beginning of if you want to call it a downfall or demise when we can but window closing the yeah beginning of that and now look they're losing Vlad Tarasenko this is true this is true plus Landis Cog in the playoffs is just a different beast like he his style fits really really well you know I, I think they'll do it um, I just think they they got to be careful like he's not. It's weird that he's only 28 because he's been around for so damn long. Like he's been in the league for what a decade now. Was he a rookie? Yet? Obviously, they were going to make him captain at rookie, but he was. He probably must have gotten in his sophomore season. Ridiculous. Yeah, stuff. like right before it when he was like that shocked me because I remember there were rumors at the time that they were going to give it to um, Matthew Shane. Yeah, who <laughs> uh, oh, will wait. not be protected in the expansion draft. <laughs> Oh, at eight million dollars per like again. Look at Tampa. Take less. Be a good teammate. Have a stacked team. Win a cup. In the team. Hero forever. Maybe get a statue. Probably not because McKinnon will get it anyway. Landeskog, do the right thing and don't lowball him, Joe Sakic. Do not do it. Sorry, I was gonna say something about um Matthew Shane. I don't. We keep saying it that like I don't know that he's cursed. 
No, that like he like when you talk about Tampa, it's like you know know what your role is and take less money. <laughs> and, he and then I was gonna say the same like he's not that guy. <laughs> no, no, he's not. Everyone's been trying to make him a first line center. Who? Matthew Shane. Oh yeah, no stop. Yeah. Um, but you know there there are guys on Colorado. McKinnon says he'll take less. We'll see. Um, I feel like they're trying to build that like team friendly culture. And I think something that helps with that is, you know, if that like Eric Johnson, we now know will officially waive his no move clause. So now probably they will be able to protect McCarr. Um, they will be able to protect uh, Devon Taves. That's great. You love to see it. Um, and there are other defensemen whose name escapes me. He's really good. Graves or Brian uh, Graves or Devon Taves. Taves, McCarr and the other guy. who I'm Oh, thinking. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Graves, Gerard, Sam Gerard, Sam Gerard. Yes, I think yeah. they're gonna lose Graves now, and whatever. Yeah, they can always go four and four. Would you? Yeah, but think of it like this: Would you rather Burakovsky, or would you rather Graves? Because not to mention, you got to remember they have a lot of young defensemen coming. That's true. Uh, they, true. They can what have- if? Now I I don't remember who said it. I believe it was on Hockey Central. It wasn't David Pagnotta mm-hmm. uh, saying, what if they leave Gabe Landeskog unprotected with knowing that he won't sign in Seattle? Because Seattle wouldn't take that risk, would they? What, of trying to sign him? Mm-hmm. If he's Minnesota sign did that. There. Well, I, do you want to take that risk, though? Because then again, they have the time to talk to him. Like, they're going to have, right. if not, what Landeskog can then do is use Seattle against Colorado. Right. And he'll in like listen, at the same time, I think Landis Cog is that that interview period is gone, but I have a feeling excuse the dog if you can hear her. I have a feeling Landis Cog probably knows what St. Louis would give him. Right. Probably. You know, I, I, I wouldn't if he's actually if he legit let's say it's not just negotiation he and he is upset, if you leave him exposed, I feel like you're gonna drive a much deeper wedge. No, but like I mean, you have a deal under the table. Oh, like oh, if you, oh, then 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 you leave him, yeah. Right. And then you see, oh yeah, no, if if you have a deal in place, then yeah, you definitely be like, all right, do us a solid here, Gabe, and then and then do four and four. Because then you can do four and four. Then you have McKinnon, Rantanen, Kadri, Burkowski, Makar, Gerard, Taves, Graves. That would be pretty yucky. It would be. That would be be incredibly yucky. Seattle, I'm so excited for the expansion draft, guys. And, you know, we also have some more too. stuff to do with it. No move. Jeff Skinner has moved his, uh, waived his no move clause. Yeah, cool. Was it Marcus Asplin can be protected now? Rasmus, Rasmus. Rasmus, Rasmus? sorry. Rasmus. Uh, Marcus Rasmus. Is he Swedish? Is he Swedish? Finish? Yes, yes, yes. Swedish. Yes, because okay. yeah, his name is Rasmus, obviously. Oh, true, true. Yes, you're right. Like Thomas, Tomas, and uh, the Czechs. The Czechs. Exactly. Um, and the, the most recent one, and listen, there's a reason we didn't talk about Duclair and Forsling besides me being mad about Shea Weber and wanting to talk about that. Uh, there is a lot to talk about, so we're just kind of keeping a move on here. Uh, but Ben Bishop will apparently waive his. I did not realize that. I think Alex told me his, his contract's, what, two more years at like $4 million? Yeah, 4.9. I hate how good that contract is. Except obviously he's hurt. But uh, I, obviously, guys, Skinner is probably not getting claimed. Uh, Bishop probably sure? won't be claimed. Are you sure See, they won't take Skinner? 
people were like, Ron Francis used to be his GM. And like, I believe Jeff Skinner can be a top six player again. Like his handle, the way he was being handled by Ralph Kruger was disgusting. And I've also, I've had a soft spot for Jeff Skinner for a long time. But if you're Seattle, why in the world would you take that risk? You've got, you've got a clean slate. If they go alphabetically and it's like, okay, we take Joe Smith from Arizona, maybe a goalie. You get to like the second team and it's Buffalo. You're two teams in and you get you have a bad contract already. <laughs> no. Unless it's like, I'll give you Ukapeka Luke and then Darlene and like 21st, then yes. But otherwise, no. Absolutely not. Don't do it. Don't do it. He won't score 30 goals again. He... I don't care if he sure? can score. 50 I don't know if he leaves Buffalo. Sudden. He's like, oh, Buffalo effect. I mean, I believe in the Buffalo effect. I just don't think it's worth taking a risk. He's still not worth nine million dollars. He's not worth eight of that, that. Not yeah. seven. You remember when um Alex Semin like was a point per game guy in the sh- like shortened season, and then for some reason Jim Rutherford gave him like five years, five or seven years. Yeah, it's and- like it's the same thing. I remember him as a hab. That was a that was a bad time. That was a really bad time. Alex Simmons a real great name to look back on in history. I hate the Bruins, guys. Um, kind of like I hate Alex Simmons stint with the Habs. That was a weak transition. We try anyway. I got that mixed up. Uh, the Bruins have signed RFA defenseman Brandon Carlo to a six-year deal. It's $24 million. AAV is $4.1 million. Your prototypical top four defenseman contract, I'd say. Um, there is real concern when you think of Carlo's health. Had a lot of bad stuff this year. No fault of his own because... Hi, <sighs> Tom Wilson. Good to mm-hmm. see you. Um, I, it's really, really funny is I saw one of those award charts and it's like a good contract for Brandon Carlo, who is a, um, what was it? A one dimensional shutdown defenseman, which you need in this league. I just thought that was really funny. It's not an insult. Perfectly though. Like he does compliment them really well for what the Bruins play and like what they're like, do your job. Okay. And and what they need. Yeah, exactly. Defenseman. Do know your role, the opposite of Matthew Shane. And I mean, like, you're never going to complain about $24 million and getting to play for the Bruins. Right. Yeah. I think the bigger question here is what else are the Bruins going to do uh, with their defense? Because it's McAvoy, Carlo, Grislick. You know what my other question is? What is your what? question? How did Jakob Zaboro get drafted before Brandon Carlo? I think there's a, there's a lot of draft <laughs> questions you can ask about the Bruins. And I, I, I feel like that's the wrong way to go about it. I don't know what you want me to say, Daniel. What do you mean? What do you, what do you think of Kyle Connor and, um, and friends who, who are the three? It was him. It was Barzell. And it was, oh, it was Barzell, Shabbat. Connor, Shabbat, Svechnikov. Oh, oh, who's 20th again? Erickson Eck. If Genny fetched the call, I was like, whatever, though. Yeah. yeah. If Genny's like, eh, he might be clean. And, and then Erickson Eck is after. Erickson Eck's good. But That's like, another question right now with Detroit. They're like, we don't actually have a read on Michael Rasmussen, <laughs> um, Philip Zadina, and um, Fetchnikov. Like, uh, we're just, I don't know. Man, I remember all the stuff about Svechnikov and all that crap on Montreal didn't draft him, and he still hasn't really. He's young, obviously, but um... Evgeny. No, sorry, um, uh, Philip Zadina. Oh, Philip Zadina. Yeah. Oh, yeah, remember when he said he was gonna fill the the nets with the pucks? 
for yeah, the teams must, that didn't draft him. He must have been thinking he was Cole Caulfield, I think. Yeah, if you, if you, I don't know. That's just a, you know, if this was the video game and we had that in the pre-interview yeah. for the draft, I'm like, that's a red flag right there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that actually did upset Montreal, but knowing them, but I mean, like they like KK. I like KK. I like him. Finishing off. We did not mean to be like this, but this actually kind of works. 369 career regular season wins, 45 in the playoffs, a four-time All-Star, a, fi- uh, a cup final appearance, a King Clancy Moro Trophy winner, the 2018 Vesna Trophy winner, an owner of a goalie goal. Congratulations, a fantastic career. It's been lost in the shuffle the past couple of days, but uh, happy retirement to Pekka Rene. You will forever be known as too good right now. <laughs> the, forever, the forever memes. I think it's kind of crazy when I look back on his career. Like he was like an eighth round pick. Yeah, like that? The, the last year they had the draft that long. Yeah. Yeah, and at the time they had Thomas Volkun, who was still for some reason Nashville's guy. And I remember they had okay this guy that I really thought was going to develop named Chet Picard in 2008 draft. He went in the first round as a goalie. He um, he was Dustin Tokarski's backup in the World Juniors. So, you know, he was good. Really? And um, like Rene just came out of nowhere and just stole it because I remember in his pre-scouting report where they talked about after he won the Vesna trophy in 2018, that they drafted him when he was a backup goalie for his own junior team that they did. They just said, oh, we just saw something with this guy. We'll just get him, even though he's barely playing for his own team. And it's crazy how it's just kind of been such a consistency model of consistency for him in Nashville. So, you know, it's unfortunate he didn't win the cup, but again, like he did really well. Yeah. Sid, you didn't need another one. It, it was very unfortunate. That he didn't get to win the cup. And I would argue a lot of the time it wasn't his fault. Uh, it could oh, be that the team God. that he could be the team that he had, he was this on. This sounds just so familiar. Just no. didn't have a number one center. Oh, sorry. No. I, I didn't what? even, I oh, yeah. honestly, that was not like defense. Sorry. I am so it's sorry. Hilarious. I, I was even... looking, him and Price are like off by two on playoff wins now. Too. Oh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think about that. But <laughs> uh, Subban played for them. <laughs> too. He was really good friend. Here's what's really funny. He was really good friends with Shea Weber, too. Price was great friends with Sue Ben. They treated each other. And then they're both great charity people. That's hilarious. They're so similar. No, no. I just that they were so close yet so far. And he was a damn good goalie. Like, we keep talking about about every time we talk about Nashville, one of the bright spots always is, well, with the exception of the last couple of years, but it has always been Pekka Rene. And we always talk about how important it is to have an extremely good goalie to get you through the playoffs. And they, he has been there. And it's just so unfortunate that to the team in front of him, especially in one position, just was never there. Talk about Pekka Rene, no one else. Huh. Yeah, man. Forsberg is Thatcher ready, except Forsberg has more skill. God, I didn't mean to do this. I just feel so bad. Oh. Daniel, he was a silver medalist at the World Championships. 
How do you feel about Pekka Rene? A nine seventeen save percentage when he retires. Same as Carey Price right now, funny enough. Yeah. He's a late bloomer. He was elite for a while. And I don't he was like a team player. Even when UC Soros was getting all the starts, it, there wasn't like any controversy or anything. Like he's still from what I've seen, you know, as a fan perspective, yeah. things were okay. He's a good guy. Big charity guy. Finish. His number will be retired. I think he's going to stay with the organization and mentor Yaroslav Askarov. That'd be pretty sick, actually. He'll yeah. be the new director of goaltending. And now when they raise his number to the banners, he can be the first time Nashville raise a banner that actually means something. Oh, yeah. you Did you see? <laughs> I saw a Nashville fan about the announcement, someone saying they should retire his number. And I saw a Preds fan saying the 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 Preds should be the first one to set a new precedent and like get off that stupid tradition. And someone replied saying, "Yeah, you wouldn't want Nashville's banner raising to be soiled." <laughs> it's gonna be weird. Like I know, like this is about Pecorine, but because like looking back on their history, the Preds of like the players that actually have played the longest for them, it's, it's weird. It's like David Legwand. Yep. Are you going to retire his number? Or Patrick Hornquist? Or... No. For both of them. Yeah, I'm not going to give... I'm not going to do anything for Hornquist who scored the cup-winning goal on us. Or Martin Erat. Like, he played, like, 11 seasons for them. Really? Yeah. And he got him Forsberg. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they should retire his jersey for that. What about yeah. James Neal? No, who was their... Who was their um their cap? Craig fit was it Craig Fisher? Mike Fisher. Mike Fisher. Um Craig Smith should obviously be retired. Brian yes. Suter's there. Shea Weber. Weber will be retired, I think. Yeah. Probably. I'm trying to think of like, yeah, David Legwand. I keep thinking it should, honestly, Paul Korea for a bit. <laughs> it, so basically the only numbers that should be retired are Renee and, and Weber. Probably. I, I would say on like of and, all of them. And yeah. we'll revisit the uh conversation when he retires. Oh, yeah, Roman Yossi. Yeah. Yeah. I think Seth Jones should be retired in Nashville. (laughs) You know what? Speaking of that, then we should also, they should also retire Ryan Johansson's number. That's a great way to end the episode. um, Check the Twitter, see if anything else is around the business. Um, uh, stay safe if you're in Barrie, Ontario, by the way, because oh, there's yeah. a tornado that went through. So, well wishes to everyone there. Um, besides that, um, everyone yeah, get news. ready to, to laugh at the Canucks if they end up training Brock Besser, because that's a thing. I have one thing uh, to add the San Jose Sharks uh, you have signed it. You forward Dylan Gambrell to a one year deal. <laughs> yeah. I have it. I haven't watched it yet, but I see a tweet from TSN and it's insider trading. And um, so fallout from Habs losing Weber, why NHL will weigh in on Weber and LTIR. Dano likely going to free agency. Latest on Leafs, Hyman, Jones, Vegas, Capcrunts, and the Oilers, and Mike Smith. This offseason could not get any worse. I don't want to do the outro. One of you two can. I'm too mad. Sure. I'm too upset. Um, thanks, for, thanks for listening to another episode of the Two On Podcast. It's a hockey podcast. It's a hockey podcast. Um, make sure to check out Adam's YouTube channel, my blog, 
and Daniel's stuff for the hockey writers. Is your stuff still on the eye opener? We still doing that. Yeah, it's still there. It's there still forever. There. It's there forever. Um, and then make sure to check out all our social medias, especially Facebook um, and Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We finally hit a hundred followers on TikTok. That was pretty cool. Um, and that's it. I think we'll be back Sunday. Is that what the plan is? Yeah, it's the plan. I would be surprised if not. <laughs> I yeah I, yeah. So we'll we'll figure that. We should be back soon though. All right. Bye guys. Bye.